Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. 5-2 Blue Jays leading the Angels. Top of the seventh NBA game just getting underway. Houston at Golden State. Golden State leads that series 2-1. Memorial Cup in an hour. Hamilton against the Katie Bathers. Tough run for the WHL champion Swift Current Broncos so far in Regina. We'll talk to Russ Farwell, the GM of the Seattle Thunderbirds, about the WHL's struggles at the tournament that's coming up in the next half hour of the show. Uh, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can uh, text us at uh, 630-630. We were talking earlier, so if just to if you missed some of this, uh, the context of this, ESPN on their website put out the World Fame 100, their third annual ranking of the biggest names in sports. Current athletes, no hockey players on the list. Cristiano Ronaldo was number one. So Kellen and I, uh, with, with uh, input from the text line, started talking about the most famous athletes of all time just in terms of, of name recognition, where you could go anywhere in the world to any nationality, gender, uh, you know, economic status, whatever, and throw out a name, and, and who would who would have they have heard of? Uh, I put Ali, Pele, Ruth, and Jordan as maybe the top four for me. Uh, Kellen suggested maybe Mike Tyson. I, I said Mike Tyson, pretty famous. I don't know if he'd be a top five most famous athlete of all time. Well, that got a response on the text line from Carl. Okay. I'm going to read his entire text, though I will have to edit some of the language for radio. But we, we, we had a text of the night from Jason from Saskatchewan. Uh, Carl's on the, on the list for text of the year candidate. I'll begin now, Kellen. Here we go. I get so damn tired of hearing anything negative about Mike Tyson. He was 10 times better than any other boxer in history. He gets crapped on because he used to be a thug and was handled poorly. All of it driven by greed. If his original trainer and manager, Customato, had not passed away, Mike Tyson would be a different story. I dare anyone to even come close to what Mike did when boxing was real, and Mayweather doesn't even come in the top 10 of a sport that is garbage now and has been for a long time. Tyson was and is the best. Let's see what you can do out of your privileged little bubble, never mind growing up on the streets. You would get your butt handed to you. Geez, you really irritated me. I can put up with all your Oilers nonsense. By the way, they will never play for the cup again. But now you diss on Tyson. Screw you, man, and you can shove your show up your butt. That is the text from Carl with some editing of the language for radio. Well, all right then. My only response in terms of his last request, the show doesn't have a physical form. So how would I be able to actually... Anyway... Don't worry about that. You can always text 630-630. 
CFL training camps underway. Johnny Manziel is in the CFL. Drew Edwards covers the Tiger Cats for Three Down Nation. Drew, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Good. You know, like, there are there are people from that from table tennis on that ESPN World Fame 100. There are two table tennis players from China on that list. Uh, yeah, yeah, 10 cricket players. Uh, I believe there's a badminton player. Snowboarder Sean White is on the list. And, yes, no hockey players. And there's nobody from the MLB on there either. That's right. No baseball players and just uh, seven NFL players. Yeah, interesting. It is. Well, they used, they used endorsement income. Uh, they used uh, how often your name is searched, and they used total social media followers. Followers, so that's probably Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, an, an obvious, uh, obvious number one. It would be. I don't know if you could ever do this. Most, like the most recognized athlete name of all time, I would still think would be Muhammad Ali, even decades after he fought and years after his death. I don't think that's probably fair. Might get might get some Tiger Woods in there. Might get some Michael Jordan. But it, when you start to think internationally, like I think that's a North American bias that I have. You start to think about the world, then that's where I think Muhammad Ali makes more sense. Um, yeah. Well, Johnny Manziel sure. is uh, is a very well recognized <laughs> name in Canada and the United States. I actually had an uncle in Mississauga text me today. Uh, and he's a typical Southern Ontario, doesn't care about the CFL, but he says he'll watch Manziel this season. Uh, I, I know there, the initial day at training camp there, he didn't throw too much. Is he more involved in the drills now? What's going on? Yeah, no, he is, he's getting more involved. Um, listen, Johnny Manziel has never played uh, Canadian football before. Uh, he's been in training camp for two days and got the playbook the day he signed. Um, there's a steep learning curve here, and I think that June Jones is going to bring him along slowly and and not throw too much at him and and remind everyone that they are preparing to play games and win games with Jeremiah Mazzoli, who's been with the Ticats for five years. So, um, you know, I think that there's certainly a lot of hype for Manziel, and that's fine. I mean, I think if you were going to make a list of 100 most well-known CFL players across the league that Manziel would be number one just automatically and that's kind of weird to think about but in terms of his actual ability to play football I think we're away from that yet all right so uh, that'll be interesting what what's he been like to uh I, I, I if I remember the story I think he did some media on his first day and he's not going to talk again until tomorrow but what's he been like to to deal with if you had had a chance to talk to him no, he, he did media. He's done media every day. Okay, and, and he's been he's been fine. Uh, you know, he he's answered all the questions, even the even the tough ones. He's been contrite. I think he's acknowledged the learning curve. He's talked respectfully about his teammates in the league. Um, I know this is a small thing. I've interviewed a lot of players over the years, and and some guys for whatever reason don't look you in the eye when you ask them questions, whether it's because they're uncomfortable with media attention or or whatever their reasons are. Manziel looks you in the face when you ask him a question, and that's a small thing, but uh, it's something that stood out to me. He, he, tries, he looks at you when he's talking to you, and not every professional athlete does that. I mean, do you think he... Uh, well, maybe maybe an obvious question, but maybe you'll have some more insight into it or something that he said. I mean, is there a, a, an acknowledgement uh, like that this is a last chance for him, or where does he seem on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he recognizes that uh, that that this was the best available option to him, and once you get through the CFL, there aren't a whole lot of options left after that. And that's you know, there are obviously there's the Arena League and there's the League of American Football that's coming out after the Super Bowl this year, maybe. Uh, or Alliance of American Football, but yeah, I mean, I think there's an acknowledgement that this was the best available option to him, that he didn't have opportunities available to him in the NFL at this point, so, uh, you know, last chance is a pretty heavy word, but I think that, uh, you know, if things don't go well for him here, he's not going back to the NFL, right? So, um, yeah, I think he recognizes that this is a pretty important phase of his professional career uh, if he wants to, to get back to it in some way. Drew Edwards from Three Down Nation joining us on Inside Sports. Johnny Manziel in the Canadian Football League with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Drew, they're they're going to be an interesting team to watch because they were, you know, a, a disaster for the first half of last season, and and then they were you know pretty dangerous. June Jones took over as coach. What are realistic expectations there uh, in Hamilton? How much attention do you play to maybe to, to pay to how they played kind of once they were already out of it last year? Uh, I think I think you expect them to be competitive in the East Division, and and maybe that's you know maybe that's a, a weak comparison given the fact that the East has been uh, struggled against the West the last couple of years. But I, I think they'll be competitive with Toronto and with with Ottawa for sure. I think I think Montreal is really going to struggle uh, this year again just because of their quarterback situation. But um, so yeah, I think they'll be competitive for a playoff spot, competitive for. Um, in the East Division. Now, unfortunately for the Ticats, they start the year out west. They play Calgary week one, and they're in Edmonton week two. Uh, they come home, and they've got Winnipeg, and they've got Saskatchewan early as well. I think they play six of their first seven against Western teams, and that was part of the recipe of, of disaster last year, where they started on the road, and they started against Western teams early on, and that sort of got the snowball rolling in the wrong direction. So, it'll be very interesting to see how they uh, compete with uh, quality Western teams early in the season, then we'll get a better sense of, of where they are sort of in the general CFL sense. What do you think June Jones did last year and, and is trying to, to do again that, that Ken Austin wasn't able to do? Um, well, I, I, you know, I think that, that Austin, uh, I think there was a slow eroding of confidence in him, quite frankly, o- over time. I think the loss of, of some key coordinators, including Tommy Condell, uh, the offensive coordinator, and Orlando Steinauer, who's now back, but the loss of those two guys, I think, was significant. Um, I think just, uh, you know, after you know, three and a bit years, uh, that, that whatever message it was that Austin was selling inside the room wasn't resonating uh, nearly as strongly as it was in its first couple of years. And I think it's important to remember when we think about Ken Dawson's legacy in Hamilton that that legacy included you know, two great cup appearances in its first two years, and, th- and those were pretty heavy times for a fan base that hadn't been there for, for quite some time. So June Jones, I think his success, uh, very different guy than Kent uh, in terms of his approach and his mentality, uh, much more laid-back guy. Than, than the pretty intense Kent Austin. I think just that change alone probably had some, some impact. 
whatever he was selling offensively, I think worked as well. Um, but we'll see. I think your question early on about how effective they can be now that people know what's coming and how effective his leadership stock can be now that it's not really necessarily contrasted against Kent's, uh, you know, those are legitimate questions to be asking going into this year. So, I mean, when, we, when we've spoken in the past, Drew, I mean, Kent Austin obviously went there and he was kind of, well, not kind of. I mean, he he was he was running the show. I, he's still employed by the team, but I mean, he's does he have really any influence anymore? Uh, well, it, that depends on who you ask. Uh, you know, I think the team, the official position is that that Kent's still a factor from a consultant point of view. I would say that I haven't seen him. Uh, I didn't see him at minicamp, and I didn't see him. I haven't seen him at training camp so far okay. this year. So. Uh, you know, if he's if he's having an influence, it's a it's an extremely behind the scenes influence. If if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. No, I got you for sure. Well, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I think Hamilton's going to be dangerous, and as you mentioned, we we see them early on here on the season. Drew, thanks for checking in tonight. I hope we can call again. How can people follow your stuff again? Uh, well, threeonation dot com is the best place to find uh, my stuff. I'm on Twitter at scratching post so that's probably the easiest way three donation.com is the place to go all right drew we'll talk to you again soon buddy thank you okay talk to you soon that's drew edwards checking in tonight inside sports on 630 johnny manzel that, that's going to be interesting you want to watch i mean this has been speculated for for a long time a couple of years could johnny manzel wind up in the cfl could his style of play his ability to scramble throw on the run be be exciting extend plays would that be perfect for the cfl well we're going to find out i mean we'll see him on the field for the hamilton tiger cats rob texting in uh, says if Johnny Manziel stays on track and concentrates on football, he will do fine. Uh, if he lets the temptations off the field get to him, he will flop like Ryan Leaf and never be heard from again. That is a text from Rob to six thirty six thirty. It is seven nineteen. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, one of the most experienced quarterbacks, well ever, is now an Edmonton Eskimo. You'll hear from Kevin Glenn. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Sends Chris Cuthbert with the call July 20th, 2006. I don't think there's any other way to put it. One of the worst moments in the history of the Edmonton Eskimos. One of the most incredible moments in the history of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Last play of the game, Eskimos up three. Winnipeg on their own 10, looking hopeless. And Kevin Glenn to Milt Stiegel for the game-winning touchdown and a three-point Winnipeg victory. And now, of course, Kevin Glenn is 
an Edmonton Eskimo media scrum today reflecting on that moment. They're going to run that play, and I told Miller, hey, if they run that play one more time, I'm going to throw it up over his head and you just run and get it. Because we both seen it, me and Mill, and he came back and they ran the exact same play on defense. Zero, and I threw it up to Mill. And the only thing is is that whenever they talk about that play, they only they only ever talk about the catch. <laughs> Someone had to throw it. So we need to start talking about the throw and the catch, not just the catch, okay? There is Kevin Glenn now with the Edmonton Eskimos. He's going to back up Mike Riley. Hey, good point. Why are we calling it the Steagle catch? Why can't it be the Glenn throw? Kevin Glenn, in his 18th training camp, his 18th CFL training camp probably not holding on to the ball like not letting people hit me but uh i think just um understanding offenses and uh and defenses and uh and knowing like you said like i said knowing when to hold on to the ball knowing when to get rid of the ball you know uh, defenses uh, of late have been doing different things as far as blitz is concerned to try to disrupt the offense and when you see that kind of stuff you got to get rid of the ball to help you all line out um and then when you when you have time to hold it you can hold it and you know hit big plays downfield but i think it's more so um, probably the mental part about it, uh, understanding, um, and it's been tough because I've been on like a new team like every year for the past what like four or five years, like so it's involvement. So, um, so sometimes it can be tough, you know. But at the same time, you uh, you do what you need to do in order to learn what's going on in the, in their system, in the team system, and, uh, and you try to go out and execute it when you get on the field. All right, that is Kevin Glenn. Talk about a veteran backup with your green and gold. More on the Eskimos on 630Ched.com. They host Saskatchewan on Sunday in a preseason game. We'll have it for you on 630Ched. 1.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 3. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, Brendan Ulrich all returning as our broadcast crew. Tomorrow at 6, Game 7. Capitals and Lightning can be heard right here on 630 Chet. Memorial Cup continuing tonight. Another tough go for the WHL championship team. We'll get more on that from Seattle GM Russ Farwell. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, NBA playoffs tonight. Golden State leading Houston 28-19 after the uh, first quarter. Golden State up 2-1 in the series. The Blue Jays up 5-3 on the Angels. That is after 8, so the Jays will try to close it out in the top of the ninth. You can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. Lou Lamarillo, after leaving the Toronto Maple Leafs, now joining the uh, New York Islanders front office. Mark Hunter, who'd been an assistant GM with the Leafs, uh, leaving the organization. Of course, Kyle Dubas was named the new general manager of the Buds. Antti Niemi staying with the Montreal Canadiens, 34-year-old goaltender, one-year deal, $950,000. So... Get more on the Eskimos on 630Ched.com. We'll talk a little bit about the Memorial Cup later on this half hour with Russ Farwell. He's the general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds who uh, went to the WHL League Final two years in a row, won it last year, then had a really rough ride at the tournament. The WHL champion hasn't done great at the Memorial Cup recently. He'll see if he can tell us why. Kellen, let's go back to this quickly here. All right. 
The ESPN World Fame 100, their ranking of the biggest names in sports. And by the way, got a good text here from Doug. It goes, I agree these guys are great athletes, but the list seems to be more about branding. You know, fair comment. Mm-hmm. Fame, you can be you can be famous and not really be that good at anything. Well, YouTube is made the up best that. At. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, <laughs> I will legitimately ask this question, because I don't know. Maybe someone can tell me. What is Kim Kardashian good at? I've, but she's famous. Yeah, I don't know. People know who she is. She's she's famous. The times I've seen her, it's been sitting by a poolside drinking a daiquiri. That's it. I, I believe there have been some videos and photographs circulated. Yes, but I, I guess you could say that's part of her skill set. That's the after dark show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, the uh, world fame one hundred. We were just seeing uh, if Kellen Kennedy. Who has uh, heard of you, you? Nailed the top three, nailed top four. Mm-hmm. You had heard of Ronaldo, LeBron, Messi, and Neymar. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just do. We'll just do a handful more. Yes or no? Have you heard of Roger Federer? Oh, absolutely. Tiger Woods. Yes. Kevin Durant. Yes. At number eight, Rafael Nadal. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the top ten, Phil. Phil Mickelson. See, just the first yeah, name. Okay, you know we're we yeah. talking about. All right, number 11, and I'm not even sure I'm saying it right, Virat Kohli. Never heard of him. All right, there you go. We hit one. He <laughs> At is least he's a, out of uh, the top 10. He's so. a cricket player from India. Mm-hmm. Made uh, $17.4 million in endorsements. Last year has close to 37 million followers on uh, various social media platforms. Oh, he wow. is one of 10 cricket players in the top 100. Hmm. How about that? We'll finish off the top 15. Serena Williams. Of course. First woman. Novak Djokovic. Yep. Floyd Mayweather. Oh, absolutely. Okay, and now here's another one. Rory. McElroy. Rory McElroy. You McElroy. just get it by the first name alone. There we go. Yep. All right. There you go. Uh, interesting list. And, of course, we were also talking about who would be uh, the most famous athlete of all time in terms of name recognition. Fun stuff. No hockey players on the list. What do we have? Y'all just this is the breakdown. Somebody put out a breakdown. Thirty-three soccer players. Okay. Most popular sport in the world. Thirteen basketball players. Mm-hmm. Twelve tennis, as I mentioned, ten from cricket, eight golfers, mm-hmm. seven from the NFL, six boxers, three swimmers, mm-hmm. two table tennis. Players. That's unreal. That's that's crazy. Uh yeah. Then one each from badminton, mixed martial arts, Formula One, which mm-hmm. I thought might have had more. Yeah. Figure skater, skier, and snowboarder. And as uh, Drew Edwards and I were talking about, obviously no NHL players, no baseball players on the list. Let me see if no. I can. Na- let me see if I can nail the MMA representative on there, Conor McGregor. Well, we did it already, didn't we? Pass him. Was he in the oh, top? Oh no, 10? he's 18th. Sorry. He's 18th. He's yeah. 18th. Okay. Yes, Conor McGregor. Uh, was the uh, is the MMA competitor on the list? I think that fight he had with Holyfield, or sorry, not Holyfield, uh, Mayweather last year did so much for his kind of online uh, popularity, and that's it because there was a swell ground yeah, support online for him. Yeah, more of a name. He was so. trying to cross yeah. over, and obviously he has the the brash personality, and sometimes he throws. What did he throw? Didn't he throw a chair at a bus? Yep. Or what was that a couple months ago? He took out half of Dana White's undercard for a UFC by doing that. He took out like three or four guys that were supposed to fight the next night. Terrible. Crazy. Uh, Blue Jays, did they just win it here? No, I think we still got an out to go. 
up 5-3 on the Angels in the uh, top of the ninth as they try to finish it off. All right, uh, let's let's do the timeout now, Kellen. We'll come back uh, with Russ Farwell. He's the general manager of the WHL Seattle Thunderbirds. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Really appreciate it. Hope you had a great day. Hot weather out there. Got in some golf this morning. That's always good. Some mosquitoes early in the morning. But, yeah, you play a couple holes, it's fine. I think they actually help my swing. <laughs> I swing with more power because I'm trying to ward the mosquitoes off. Remind me so to never come ca- through quicker. Remind me to never caddy for you because I don't want a four iron across the head while you're swinging wildly around mosquitoes and that stuff. Well, I'll just don't stand within a club length of me and uh, you won't get hit. <laughs> if somebody gets hit by a golf club that is thrown, then the person shouldn't throw it. Yeah, absolutely. If someone yeah. gets hit by a golf club that is being swung, then I would think that's the fault of the person who was hit. Mm-hmm. Probably standing a little too close. Anyway, by the way, I should mention, it was great to meet 630 Ched listener Karen last week. Uh, also her husband and one of her co-workers, Karen, won the online draw for a round of golf with me at the ranch. We went out last Thursday, thanks to Murray McCord at the ranch and his staff. Great hospitality. Course was uh, in great shape. We got to have a meal after the round, so that was a lot of fun. And I think, I don't think it's open yet, but we we are going to have another contest if you, you're entered and you, you're disappointed you didn't get drawn. Because that's... that's everybody, everybody wants to golf with me. There's your dream come true right there. <laughs> Ah, no, it was fun, though. It was a, a lot of fun. Ranch in great shape. Uh, it was great to meet Karen. Loyal 6-3 Chad Lister. She won a contest back when we were uh, on a good old rock and roll station to go to the Grammys. That was the last time she oh, won cool. something. It's like 25 or 30 years ago. So pretty cool. 7.45 Memorial Cup will resume at the top of the hour. Hamilton against Katie Bathurst. It's been a bit of a rough ride for Memorial Cup champions lately. Swift current 0-2 out of the gate this year. Two years ago, Brandon was 0-3 and Seattle 0-3 last year. Thunderbirds general manager Russ Farwell joins us now. Russ, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, obviously, the Memorial Cup uh, going on in Regina. And I know for your Seattle team, you know, the cy- cyclical nature of junior hockey, you had two great seasons. You made it to the WHL final in 16 and 17. You won the league last year. Uh, this year, you're bounced in the first round by a, by a pretty solid Everett team led by uh, a, a great goaltending in, in Carter Hart. Uh, I mean, Russ, I guess you, you kind of had some time to look back on it now. Uh, so what can you tell us about about uh, this season, and, and did you think maybe this was uh, going to be a year where it might be a little tougher to go as deep as you did the last two? Well, it was, and we were we were a little thinner, certainly. We, we were real happy with our year this year. Our, our team really played hard, and uh, our coaching staff did a great job with our team, and, and we... We got better. Every single guy on our team got better. So, so evaluating our year, it was it was positive. But we sure weren't the same team we were last year. And and when we got the injury in the playoffs, we were sunk because we just didn't have the depth. But we, uh, you know, if we hadn't have lost Milan early there in the series, I think we would have given Everett a little more. But you know, a little more competition, but just the way it is. And we we overall were pretty darn happy with our our season and the way our guys played. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, too. You guys went to the Memorial Cup uh, last year after a great playoff run. Uh, unfortunately, you went 0-3. Brandon went 0-3 the year before that. Uh, even Kelowna and Edmonton in 15 and 14, respectively, had, had tough times in the round robin before rallying to, to reach the final. And obviously, Edmonton won it all in 2014. Last WHL team to win, this, by the way. We'll see what happens this week, but the uh, Swift Current Broncos, the Western Hockey League champion, out to an 0-2 start. They'll be up against Regina tomorrow. I don't know, Russ, is, 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 there, is there something to that about a WHL team struggling in the round robin uh, recently, sometimes when you know people maybe just pay a little more attention to the, uh, to the, uh, to the major junior at, the, at this time of year? I mean, is there something behind it to you, or is it just the, the pitfalls of going into a short tournament? Yeah, I just think it's uh, it's very tough to win the Western Hockey League. It's it's a uh, it's a real test uh, going through. And you look at uh, the teams this year. Swift uh, went to the max a couple of times, and they were really tested uh, getting there. And and so they look they look a little tired. Uh, some of the some of the guys that generally have pretty good jump are not quite oh darn jumping around and, and aren't going. I just got back and saw the first two games there in, in Regina and, and uh, they're they're not firing all cylinders. Last night it would have been different if Skinner hadn't really really played well. So um, I think it is hard to win but but other than that, um, I, I just think it's you know, it's the way it goes. You go to that tournament, you gotta win early and uh, get a little momentum going through it and, and it's the luck of the draw. They were in the games but they didn't win them. In terms of your experience last year, I mean, any league champion is, is going to go in with, with the hopes to win, and you guys uh, had a tough time. Did you see any fatigue, you know, or, or you know, loss of intensity after after you make it through the top WHL once you get to the tournament, or how do you look back on what went down with you guys a year ago, Russ? Well, we did. We never really – We I thought we had a little more left in the tank when we went, but we never played uh, – at all and and uh we were we'd gotten through with a few guys being hurt and and that kind of caught up to us and then uh, they weren't able to play as well but but regardless we never played as well there was two really really good teams um you know both ontario teams were were really good teams last year and and uh i i don't know this year the thing i right now i think any any one of the four could still win it um uh, there, there's no dominant team by any stretch. The Bathurst looks pretty good, and yet their goaltending has struggled. And uh, and Swift, uh, if they, you know, really not going, they, they they could still, even though they're one two, uh, they're as good as as anyone there. So it's it's an interesting tournament this year, and uh, I still think it's to be determined type thing. There's not uh, a clear favorite. Russ Farwell joining us in Inside Sports, general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds. You know, I got to ask because it comes up. The Western Hockey League has more teams at 22 than the other two major junior leagues. Ontario has 20. Uh, Quebec has 18. Um, you know, I know contraction isn't is, isn't going to happen, but uh, I mean, you've been around the league for a long time. Does that affect the ability of there to be, um, you know, kind of a powerhouse team or, or a stronger representative when it's all said and done? I mean, what do you what do you think of the people who might criticize the, the number of teams in the league? Well, yeah, I mean, we do have way more teams, and, and uh, but we also have more provinces. 
in those leagues. So, uh, you know, the, the teams are spread out, and there there were across the West, and that's the way it is. And, and uh, you know, the, the other thing um, is that the league is so competitive now and that players are so finely scouted that there's no... It's really difficult to amass a concentrated group in any age group, although this year with the way the trade deadline went, you'll see some teams in the future. Uh, both Prince George and uh, and Brandon have amassed a lot of picks, and Saskatoon has, has had quite a few picks the last couple of years. Those teams have a chance. Uh, Brandon in the future is going to be able to put together a real nucleus of players and be be contenders, I'm sure, um, going forward. But, you know, it's hard in this league because every, every, every team does a good job, and there's no, uh, you don't steal players, you don't find players. It's, it's a very, very safely scouted now, so parity is an issue in the NHL, and it's an issue in the Western Hockey League. Uh, it's a fact of life. You know, do you change your whole model just because of that tournament? I, I don't think so. I think it's, uh, as long as you're, you know, the hockey, the quality is good, and you're producing players, I think uh, you've got to just bang away at it and see if someone can figure it out. And I, like I say, I think we're going to have some teams in the future. But right now, uh, the talent is very evenly spread, and so it's hard to get that group of players together. Well, Russell, I'm glad you mentioned the future. You and I got to talk briefly before we came on air here, and you referenced there was a, a trade in the queue this year involving draft picks in 2028. Uh, so what, those kids are five? Is it... Is it, is it um, I mean, it must be a different trading market maybe in the WHL. Is there less of sort of the, the wild wheeling and dealing? Is it harder for a team to, to load up in the West, or what's the attitude there for amongst GMs? Well, we had a lot of movement this year, so I don't know. Maybe it's coming or it's changing. We, we, we haven't had it that much in our league because... You know, you always have to have an eye on your products for next year, and you have to have a competitive team. And so, just throwing everything into it for one year, and then never mind the future, is hard to do uh, in the Western Hockey League. And then we saw some teams in the past; it's taken Saskatoon forever to do it when they did that uh, the year they hosted the Memorial Cup, and they're still recovering from it. So it's hard to do, but it seems to be there that that happened. And yeah, there was a team traded uh, picks right through till. I mean, those players are the players they traded or the when that pick is made it'll be he was he's five years old today so Jeez. to me that's mind-boggling but you know i'm not trying to comment on there we 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 have ours and that's not what we do so right okay russ farvel joining us on inside sports hey before i let you go russ i, I should ask you about uh uh you know a young man you had on your team he was a big part of the 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 two teams that went to the whl final we saw him briefly with the oilers at the end of the season uh showed some promising uh i think uh, offensive uh, flourish to his game uh that was ethan bear just tell us what it was like having this young man uh, on your team and uh, maybe getting to know him a bit yeah, I know Ethan's a real, real quality guy. He he wasn't. Uh, there's never, you know, we had him four years. He just never once there was any kind of issue with him. It was great watching him develop, and every year he got better. And and the last year he was really dominant. Um, 
as, as an offensive player in the league. And, and really, we played him an awful lot. He, he, he was good defensively, too. Um, but when you move up to that level, I mean, you have to, you know, there's some maturing to be done. And then you got to, there's just, there, you can't make any mistakes. But he, he's he's a real good prospect. I think he's going to play in the National League. And, and he his first pass, his common sense, and his shot uh, make him a real good bet and you know he's not the tallest guy but he's so strong um, in his butt and legs that he wins a lot of one-on-ones for pucks so I, I think he's going to be an effective player and once he gets comfortable um, his shot is special and, and uh, he's a very effective uh, guy in the power play yeah for sure all right. Well, Russ, we appreciate your perspective. Uh, we haven't had you on the show before, but I hope this isn't the last time. Thanks a lot for making time for us tonight. Very good. Thank you. Right on. That is Russ Farwell checking in tonight. General Manager, Seattle Thunderbirds. High praise for Ethan Bear. We'll see where he goes as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, quick look at the scoreboard here. Late in the first half, Golden State leading Houston 41-37. That's game four of the NBA Western Conference Final. Golden State is up two games to one. Baseball tonight, the Blue Jays do win at 5-3 over the Los Angeles Angels. Coming up top of the hour, Memorial Cup. Hamilton 1-1 against Katie Bathurst. They are sitting at 2-0. Tomorrow in this time slot, starting at 6 o'clock, live play-by-play, Game 7. Washington at Tampa Bay to determine who the Vegas Golden Knights play in the Stanley Cup Finals starting on Monday, and we'll have all the Stanley Cup Final games for you on 6.30, Chet, as well. Besides Russ Farwell, you heard from Drew Edwards, Dave Campbell, and Kelly Rudy. You miss anything, subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast on iTunes or go to the Inside Sports Show page on 6.30Chet.com. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. The studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. Thanks to everybody who texted in as well. Always a pleasure to hear from you. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.